I am not Pastor Jen, and Pastor Jen was going to be speaking this morning, but um, I uh, heard from her at 7 o'clock this morning that she is not feeling good. And so uh, if you would pray for her, um, she's not doing well, and so rather than her uh, be up here kind of struggling with a mask on, I thought, you know, I'll just come and, and speak. So hope, hope you guys don't walk out on me. I'm a little nervous. It's my first time. Um, so if you would just please stay. If you're visiting with us, I am, I'm Joel. I'm uh, one of the pastors here. And uh, if you're visiting, welcome. It's where you find yourself. It's Northside Church. And uh, we are in a series on Ephesians. And we've been talking this whole year about being built up in Christ. Now, if anybody knows our theme verse and can recite it, I have a special prize for you. Can anyone tell me what the theme verse is for this year and can recite at least partially kind of a few words in it? Anyone? It's in which book? Ephesians. Good, good. Um, And what chapter? Two, good. Verse 22. Thank you, Pastor Hamid. Thank you for that. And um, good job. That's great. And can anyone tell me what's kind of in this verse? Just a few words of you two are being built together. Good, good. Into a dwelling place. Good. By the Holy Spirit. Good. That was great. I feel like we're all together on that. And um, I feel like everybody's got it. So that's wonderful to know that we're together moving forward. And we'll fix the flat tire soon um, on this vehicle. But this morning, I wanted to continue in Ephesians chapter 4. And really what I'm speaking about this morning is agreement. Um, Agreement. There are some things in our life we need to break agreement with. And there are some things in our life that we need to come into agreement with. There's a song by Kim Walker Smith called protector. And uh, this song we listened to as a staff in prayer. And we were really caught up with this concept of there are things that we must break agreement, break covenant with in order to come into agreement with new things. Amen. Amen. Turn with me to Ephesians 4, chapter 17 to 19. Paul is writing to the church in Ephesus, and he says this. Now this I say and testify in the Lord, that you must no longer walk as the Gentiles do, in the futility of their minds. They are darkened in their understanding, alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them, due to the hardness of heart. The hardness of heart, the callousness. Remember last week I talked about the callousness. Sometimes calluses, they built up this hard outer protective measure around um, places that often feel pressure and friction. We have calluses on our hands, our feet, any place where there's constant friction. We can build up this kind of hardness and this hardness actually protects us. And we might enjoy the calluses on our hands because we don't feel the pain anymore. But what happens when we stop feeling is we stop feeling. (laughs) 
And sometimes we don't feel the good things. Sometimes in relationships, we don't feel the love or feel good intentions because a hardness in our hearts can build up this protective outer covering around our hearts and we just kind of don't feel anymore. And sadly, sometimes we can, in our relationship with God, also have a hardness of heart where he's unable to plant new seeds into our hearts. He's unable to speak new revelation into our minds because we build up this kind of hardness. Paul says they've become callous and and have given themselves up to sensuality. Greedy to practice every kind of impurity. But that is not the way you learned Christ, he says. We'll just pause there for a moment. So the old self, the old way is a calloused way of thinking. It's, it's a hard outer shell. The other thing that Paul points out here is he uses this phrase, the futility of their mind. The futility of their mind. Futility literally means emptiness. He says, you once walked with a kind of emptiness in your mind. You once walked with an emptiness in the mind and an emptiness in the mind will invite unwanted thoughts. It's very dangerous to walk around with an empty mind. It's very dangerous to empty the mind. Anytime that a home is emptied out and and certain tenants or people that might own the house are evicted, what happens after a period of time in these homes? The homes are boarded up, they're closed, there's kind of a red tape, it might say evicted. And then what happens? What happens is through the back door of these empty homes, squatters come. And they just move in and, and they live there. There's no power, there's no water, but they, they live there. They, and then they have to board it up again and kick them out. And, and squatters will always come to empty homes. Unwanted tenants will always live in emptiness. If the mind is left empty, futility, unwanted thoughts will move in. Do you have any squatters living in your mind? Do you have any lies that you're believing living in your mind? Paul says that we would not live according to this futility. In James, we read this, chapter 1, verse 14. Each person is tempted when they are dragged away by their own evil desire and enticed. This is the NIV. That's the ESV, I believe. So sorry about that. So just listen. Each person is tempted when they are dragged away by their own evil desire and enticed. Then after desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin. And sin, when it is full grown, gives birth to death. 
You see, what happens in empty thinking, emptiness, is squatters move in, lies move in, and what happens is, is that that leads to desire. And then desire actually is conceived, and desire gives birth to sin. And so we really need to cut things off in the mind, because the mind will lead to desires, and desires will lead to action, and by the time action happens, it's too late. So we need to reverse it so that we correct our desires, we correct our thinking, and that emptiness of the mind is not left empty, but filled, filled with the things of the Lord. Paul says that this can become a greediness to practice every kind of impurity. These are the things that we need to come out of agreement with. Come out of agreement with your old self. Ask God once again to search you. Ask God once again to point out any areas within your heart that might be calloused. Ask God to point out to you any lies that you might be believing. Invite God into this process of removing the callous, of taking a pumice stone of the spirit and beginning to remove the dead old skin. Paul refers to these as deceitful desires. And he says this in verse 20. We continue. He says, but that is not the word, the way that you learned Christ. So Paul is correcting. Paul doesn't just leave them in this conviction or condemnation. He's inviting them into new life. He says, but that is not the way that you learned Christ. Assuming that you have heard about him and were taught in him as the truth is in Jesus. How many of you have heard about Jesus? How many of you have been taught in Jesus? Good, it's good news. He says this, put off your old self, which belongs to your former manner of life and is corrupt through deceitful desires. And then he says this wonderful statement in, in verse 23, and be renewed in the spirit of your minds, that we might be renewed in the spirit of our minds to put on the new self. Created after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. What Paul is saying is, is we don't just put off. We put on. We don't just break agreement. We come into agreement. He says, and you put on this new self. And, and look at this. Our minds are renewed. That we would be renewed in the spirit of our minds. And this new self is created after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. See, we get to put off old self, futility of the mind, empty thinking, deceitful desires. We put those things off. And we put on Christ. We put on the likeness of Jesus. We put on true righteousness and holiness. 
But to make agreement, you have to break agreement. Something unique about Jesus' ministry. After he was baptized, he went into the desert. And in the desert, he was tempted. And Jesus was tempted in three ways. And in these moments and in this interaction between Jesus and Satan, Satan was using scripture to try to entice Jesus. Satan uses scripture to entice Jesus to again commit the same sin that Adam did. Just sit on the throne. To be the God of his own life. To rule and reign. He even says, Jesus, if you do this, then, you know, the whole world will worship you. Well, the whole world is going to worship Jesus anyway. And so what Satan's trying to do is trying to entice Jesus. Jesus, sit on the, your own throne. And what Jesus did was. He broke the agreement that Satan had with humanity. Jesus broke agreement that Satan had with Adam. And Jesus stood in as new humanity to make agreement to a new covenant. I need two people as volunteers. I won't ask you to speak. I'll ask you to stick your hand out, and that's about it. Do I have two volunteers? Anyone? Yes, come on up, Roxana. Yeah, come on up, Jen. Come up here, yeah. All the way up. Unfortunately, Jen, you're in black, so you're going to represent... Um, I'm sorry. And Roxana, you're over here. Yes, you should be clapping. It's going to be good for you, Roxana. So, you know, in our life, we, we grow up and we just sort of follow these, the way we feel. And as we follow the way we feel, we can actually make agreement with some things that are not good for us. Jen represents sin. Deceitful desires, futility of the mind. I'm so sorry as you're visiting our church that this would happen. I know you've been before, but. Um, and what happens is, is I make agreement. I make agreement with these things. Emptiness, futility, lies. I make agreement with this pattern of thinking. And when I make agreement... I think that I have it under control, but as much as I have it, it has me. And in order to make agreement with something new, guess what I need to do? I need to break agreement and I need to make agreement with the things of the Lord represented by Roxana. I'm sorry, the glow and everything. And, and so if, if, if I'm, I can't have... 
It's like I only have one hand to agree. So if I'm going to, if I'm going to break agreement with God, I, I make agreement there. There's always something we can make agreement with. There's always going to be something we need to break agreement with to make agreement with. Thank you so much. Thank you, Jesus. And thank you, Jen. And some of us think that these things we have agreement with that are not good for us, we actually think that we're in control. I've got it. It's just a couple of drinks at lunchtime. I've got it. I'm just going to tick a different box on my tax return. I've got it. I'm just going to ignore my wife for this week. I've got everything under control. And then pretty soon, these things you think you have control over have control over you. We must be very careful of the things that we make agreement with. Now, I don't just mean desires. Maybe you're sitting there going, ah, I don't really sin much. Well, let me take a different spin on it. There are also things we make agreement with that are simply not true about you as a person. There are things that we might hear as a child that we're not smart enough. We're not good enough. We'll never amount to anything. And there are these things in our life, in our childhood that we grow up with from teachers or parents or friends or neighbors or enemies or whatever. And we actually make agreement. We begin to believe the lies. And when we make agreement with these things that are less than what God has for us, we're actually inadvertently breaking agreement with what God has for us. And I see so much untapped potential in the church and in the world. Because of the things we just believe about ourselves, And this morning, I pray that it would be a time of breaking agreement with those things. To make agreement with what God has for you. And Paul says, this is putting on the new self. Now, when you put this new self on, the most amazing thing is when you put this new self on, it's as if you're putting on Christ. You don't put on religion. You don't put on rules and regulations and, and just form and, and function without power. No, you put on Christ. And as you put on Christ, it comes with the likeness of God. It comes with what Paul says is a true righteousness, a holiness. Because we, we put on, see, we put off the old and we put on this new. It's like we, it's the death and resurrection. We put off the old self, and it stays in the tomb. And then we put on resurrection life. We, we put on an ability to hear God's voice. We put on healing power in relationships. Emotional, mental, spiritual, physical healing. We put on ability to reconcile. We put on ability to forgive. Put on Christ. 
Paul says it this way in Colossians 3, 1 to 4. He says, if then, I love Colossians. Oh, so good. If then you have been raised with Christ. How many of you have been raised with Christ? Yes, this is for you then. This is for you. There's a certain type of seeking. If you are raised with Christ, seek the things that are above. Where Christ is seated at the right hand of God, set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are on this earth. For you have died. Look at your neighbor and say, you dead. And your life is hidden with Christ in God. Some of you got way too much. Some, some wives up in here got way too much pleasure out of saying that to your husbands this morning. When we get home, that's not what I said. It was spiritually speaking, okay? Verse 3. For you have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. Now look at your neighbor and say, but I'm alive. Yeah, come on. All the husbands are like, redeemed, redeemed. When Christ, who is your life, appears. You will also appear with him in glory. When you focus your mind on things above, you invite Christ, who is above, to reign. Where you look, there you will go. And when you focus on the things above, guess what's going to reign? The things above the automatic see my gaze is agreement if I'm like this guess what I can see nothing it's black I don't know what I think it's plastic I can feel the texture of it I can't see a thing but the direction of my gaze Is my perspective, my thoughts, what will rule and reign in my life. And as I move my gaze from below to above, I invite Christ from above to rule and reign below. Second Corinthians five, verse 17 says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old has gone and the new is here. If anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old is gone and the new is here. This is the process of a caterpillar becoming a butterfly. A caterpillar walks around and eats everything. I mean everything. 
our garden. I mean, everything. They just keep eating and eating and eating. They grow to a hundred times their size. These caterpillars. They're so cute, though. I mean, they're fuzzy. I like to pick them up and, you know, pat the ones that are non-poisonous. But then what happens is a caterpillar goes into a cocoon. So after it eats a hundred times its size, otherwise known as Super Bowl Sunday in my house, the What happens then is that the caterpillar goes into a cocoon and for about a month, it dies. And as the caterpillar dies within the cocoon, the DNA of the butterfly comes out. Now, the caterpillar, the whole time it's alive, actually carries around within itself the new DNA that is not activated. The potential's there. The entirely new creation, metamorphosized, is within it. But it's busy eating. It's busy feeding on the desires of the flesh. And then comes a process where it dies. I mean, a good long death for a little caterpillar. It's a long death a month. But what happens in that grave, what happens in that tomb is new DNA is activated. And a butterfly comes out and lives for about one to two weeks. Sorry. Paul is saying the old is gone, the new has come. We can keep eating and eating and eating at whatever comes our way. And what you feed will lead. Or we can break agreement, make agreement, and fly. And I feel that in our lives, this is not just a one-time thing. This is, I'm not describing becoming a Christian, saying a prayer, This isn't a magical formula. This is every day, all day. There are things we break agreement with to make agreement with. And this morning, I want to invite you in our time of communion. I'll invite the worship team to come up and I'll invite Jagan, our council member and summer intern who will lead us in communion this morning, because I I want this morning to be a time of, of breaking agreement, making agreement, of putting off the old to put on the new. Father, I thank you for this morning that we have the opportunity always of new agreements. I feel, I didn't think about this before, Lord, but communion itself is that new agreement. And Lord, I pray that as we worship together in communion, as we worship together as a community, That you would point out some things that need to be put off. And point out the beauty of what we put on. As we are being resurrected. Being sanctified throughout our life, Lord. In our minds, in our will, in our emotion, in our decisions, in our motives, Lord. And I pray even now that as we celebrate communion, there would be this divine exchange 
with you this morning. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.